Welcome to From the Den Podcast, providing Bears and NFL fans alike with compelling news, discussion, and debate. I'm your co-host, Benjamin, joined alongside my dear friend and co-host, Orin. Hey, Benjamin, let's get right into it. As always, kickoff starts now. Welcome to the 10th episode of From the Den, where today we're discussing the wide receivers of the Chicago Bears. Let's get right into it. We're going to be giving grades for the Bears wide receiver corp last year and just generally discussing it. That's how we're going to start it off. So, Orrin, kick us off. So, I want to talk about the Bears last year, and it felt like everything on the Bears was on the Bears offense was bad. Bad quarterback, receiver, offensive line, receivers, offensive line, tight end. Everything was not great. But the only spot I would say in this whole offense would be Allen Robinson. You look at you look at all the Bears players and it feels like none of them played up to their expectations and Allen Robinson exceeded his expectations. And usually when you expected when you came into the season last year, you expected the Bears to even do better on offense. You expected Trubisky to go to his expectations. And Robinson was a guy that you expected well, Yeah, the Bears had a lot of hype last year uh with Trubisky and maybe that could be part of the reason why they did badly. Yeah. But I didn't hear a lot of, I mean, you, I remember you showing me that one video about why Allen Robinson is going to be good. I didn't believe it. Honestly, I didn't think that, Alan, I mean, I thought he'd be good, but I didn't think he would be exceptional. And the Bears definitely had a lot of hype coming into the 2019 season and their offense just totally flopped. I'd agree with that aside from Allen Robinson. And if you look at last year, would you expect the year's Allen Robinson to be pretty good, but Anthony Miller, you expected him to play a way bigger part. And when you look at it, Anthony Miller yeah, had, Anthony Miller was one of the biggest disappointments. Anthony Miller had a few games where he played like an amazing wide receiver. Really, really? great. What games? What games? A Lions game, Packers game. You, you mean in 2018 or 2019 you played? In 2019, last season. Okay. I don't know. Okay. And I'm looking at last season and it, he had a few games that were exceptional. But the other games, he just disappeared. He wasn't there. And I don't know if that's true. You think that that's – oh, yeah, I was, you're about to, like, lead into that, but I was going to say Nagy's you think that that's fault. Nagy's fault or – Yeah. Well, okay, Anthony Miller did have a lot of a lot of drops. So I, I was really hyped up. Even Like, when the Bears took Anthony Miller, I was hyped up as him as a prospect. I was looking at his highlights, and I was so happy. You know, he was compared to Antonio Brown even. But he, I, he was disappointing not only in that maybe – of course, always some of the blame can go on Nagy, but he really um, – he had a lot of drops, so I'm definitely hoping that he can improve in 2021 and be the player that I expect, or excuse me, 2020, and be the player that I was expecting him to be in the 2019 season. Yeah, but what also what was interesting is that Taylor Gabriel, he was just injured for half of the season. I mean, that takes a huge component out of the offense. The only thing I would say that's good about his injury is that now that he's not in the Bears, the games that he was injured, Anthony Miller played, and that's when he stepped up. And what comforts me a bit more about the season is that Anthony Miller proved in those games that he can be an elite wide receiver too. Well, do you he, think that Anthony Miller played better than Taylor Gabriel in those games yes. or just better than himself? No, he played better than Taylor Gabriel. Statistically, well, I mean, Taylor Gabriel had some, like you were saying that uh, Anthony Miller had a few games where he was great. Taylor Gabriel, I mean, I can point to the Redskins game, obviously. Like Taylor Gabriel also had his few outbursts. So yeah, do and you still think that Anthony Miller played generally better when he was the wide receiver? Better by a mile. For the reason that he averaged, and I think in a five-game stretch where he was not not every single game, there were a few games where he played badly, 
But in this best five-game stretch where he played wide receiver, he averaged around 80 yards a game. And he got, like, around – not a touchdown a game, but he got, like – he probably – if you go put that throughout the whole season, that's 1,200 yards and, like, six touchdowns. That's nearly identical to Allen Robinson's stats. So Okay, I, identical. It, so – oh, Allen Robinson, sorry. I heard Taylor Gabriel. Yeah. No. <laughs> so um, I get that when you look at it in the sense that, obviously, he's not going to be doing as well as he did for those best five-game stretch – but what makes me at least a bit more confident is that he is um, that he'll be able to step up to the plate and he'll be able to do well. But let's get off. Right, but I can't, I can't have absolute confidence because what I was saying about the drops, Taylor Gabriel, I would, I don't have stats on hand. I should have pulled it up, but I would bet on that Taylor Gabriel had significantly less drops than Anthony Miller, or maybe a less drop rate because Taylor Gabriel was injured some games. So that's not very fair. So I just hope that when Anthony Miller steps up into this higher role in the Bears offense, he's able to progress beyond those drops and really uh, his he shines and he sheds his old self of dropping a lot of passes. And now we're looking at the wide receiver three position. I think, honestly, the Bears are pretty good at the wide receiver three and wide receiver four or five. Six. I think the Bears get a lot of hate generally in the NFL. Not hate, just I see a lot of people saying that the Bears need to address their wide receiver position. I talked about this in the draft episode. I think that, of, of course, the wide receiver position on the Bears can be improved. There are many teams with better wide receiver corps than the Bears, but I think there are definitely much more prominent and like much bigger position and holes that the Bears have in their team than the wide receiver position. And like They have a lot of – they don't – the problem, the reason that people out, outside of the NFL or in the NFL – say that the Bears don't have many wide receivers or need to get more wide receivers is that they look at Allen Robinson and from there it drops, which I think is true. But as we mentioned, Anthony Miller could have a chance to break out this year. And they still do have a lot of... It goes to the sense that when you look at it, you assume that, wow, Trubisky played so terribly, he must have had no weapons. And you look at it, you hear Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel. I don't know if that's the immediate assumption. All all three of those are big name players. They're players who are, I would say, in the NFL, underrated. And I think that they're players who hopefully will get a bit more recognition for how well they play. I, but I don't know if the immediate assumption when people say Trubisky played badly is that he had no weapons. That sounds like an excuse to me. And I think the rest of the NFL also hates on Trubisky way more than they do the Bears wide receiver corps. Like, you don't hear I – don't, I don't hear that excuse much except maybe from Bears fans. I don't hear people in the rest of the NFL saying – Trubisky was only bad because of the wide receivers. If anything, it would be the wide receivers are bad because of Trubisky. No, yes, but it also goes to the fact that when you look at the wide receivers on the Bears team, it's like Trubisky is like – it's obvious that if Trubisky had – I'm not saying that the Bears are bad receivers, but the media, when they hear the receivers, they assume that it's not like very prominent names. I think that's a problem. Yeah. And also, when you look at the depth of the Bears – they have good depth. I like Javon Wims as a depth. Yeah, player. exactly. That's I the really point I was getting to. That they have a lot of. They have a large young core. In Javon Wims, Riley Ridley, and other rookies that they drafted and lower round players that don't get a lot of recognition, which isn't their fault because they really haven't been involved in the Bears' offense a lot. But I think that they definitely do have a lot of chance to shine and break out. So I'm excited to see how that works out. Yeah, me too. So, but about the wide receiver position, the wide receiver three position, I think that was the initial question before we got sidetracked. Now, well, now, so there's Allen Robinson, there's Ted Ginn, 
who you, would you agree is a wide receiver two? I think he's a wide receiver three. You think I that think Anthony Miller is more is the wide receiver two this yes, year? Thousand, really? No well, doubt. Taylor, okay. What's the difference between Ted Ginn and Taylor Gabriel? Where that Taylor Gabriel would be valued higher on this offense than Ted Ginn. Taylor Gabriel is a better receiver. Ted Ginn has not had a Ted Ginn had three hundred or four hundred yards. Um, well, okay. He was on the same system with Michael Thomas. I, I guess I, only Michael Thomas, I, but still, it's a different I get system. It, but last year, I think the Saints had the biggest gap from yardage between Mike between two receivers, and I get that that's because Michael Thomas had a really high amount of yeah. Money. Michael Thomas had the most receptions at probably an astronomical I, amount of I, targets. I, also, again, he had a lot of receiving. Again, he had a lot of receiving yards, but the Saints had like. 91 the highest receiver was like 91 he had like 91 receiving yards like when the bears played them or something around that time and i think that goes to show that not only ted Ginn is not a wide receiver one but anthony miller knows the system and also if you look at how the bears really played it felt like ted ginn the difference between ted ginn and taylor gabriel is that taylor gabriel was able to receive the ball better he was a better receiver ted ginn may have better speed but Taylor Gabriel has better just – Taylor Gabriel is a better receiver. Now, don't get me wrong. Well, right? Okay, what? what? What's better about Taylor Gabriel than Ted Ginn? Catch it. The better receiver. How do you – like what, what, are you, what metric are you using to say that Ted Ginn – I don't think it's like that big of a difference. I think Ted Ginn might – I don't know if he's better, and I have to see how they're involved in this offense. But to me, in my mind, they're pretty similar with like – I. I not sure how tall Ted Ginn is. I was going to say little, but they're definitely two speedier guys who can, like, I think they're pretty similar. So I don't see why Anthony Miller would suddenly be the wide receiver too, unless you're saying it has nothing to do with Anthony Miller and, or sorry, it has nothing to do with Ted Ginn and just that Anthony Miller will have a significant increase this season. I think, I think when you look at it, Ted Ginn is 35. And it's he's been playing a few years with the Saints with Drew Brees, and his stats are not great. He hasn't had great stats for a few years, and I get that maybe a new system, a new this and that. But Anthony Miller is young; he's proven last year that he can be the wide receiver too. So why risk putting a player like Ted Ginn, who's old, hasn't been great, into the wide receiver two position when you have Anthony Miller, who's proven, who's young? Well, I don't know. Okay, you want to talk about proven? Maybe just because like Kevin White, okay. Kevin White was in this Bears system for three years, but you're not going to say he's more proven than some veteran that they bring in. And I understand yep. that Anthony Wait, Miller yeah, is, has shown more potential than Kevin White, but still, Ted Ginn is easily a more proven player in general than Anthony Miller. Well, Ted Ginn, when he played, when he played the wide receiver two position with the Saints he proved that he didn't play great. And Anthony Miller, when he played the wide receiver two position with the Bears, he proved he played great. So why mess with something when you already have it working? Well, it wasn't like the Bears offense was so great when they had Anthony Miller as a wide receiver too. Anthony Miller put up some better numbers, but they weren't suddenly a top five offense. Yeah, but how are you I'm not Anthony Miller? They okay, it's not entirely on Anthony Miller, but also so Ted, Ted Ginn. Quarterback. What? Yeah, the quarterback was playing poorly. No, no, none of the running backs could run the ball, no matter if that was their fault or the offensive line. They have a terrible offensive line. Their tight ends got like okay, 90. yeah. I understand that it's not entirely the fault of Anthony Miller. I mean, I that was an exaggeration, the statement I just made. But my point is, it's not entirely Ted Ginn's fault that he wasn't having great production and 
New Orleans when they have a top three receiver in the NFL and the guy who caught the most, who had the most receptions ever. It makes sense that he's not going to have as much of a workload when he's in that system. I mean, yeah, but all I'm going to say is that I truly believe that 10 Ginn is the wide receiver three, and I don't think he'll play that, that, that prominent of a role in this offense. But what I would like to say is that I, you can kind of tell with the Bears is that they tried to mess around with stuff that already worked last year. They tried to put James Daniels at center and Cody Whitehair back at left guard. They tried to move stuff around. They tried to make Trubisky, they tried to make Trubisky into a pocket passer the first few weeks. Nagy, it seemed like, was trying to make Trubisky into quarterback. He's not. David Montgomery was not being used as a strength of running back. They were trying to do stuff to make their team better, but all they did is mess around with it. And I think the Bears realized after last year to instead not try to not try to improve stuff so much by changing it, but to just do what works. And I get that. Well, okay, that, you hope that they realize that. You, I, I mean, like, I expect it. I, okay, yeah. Fine, but, expect it makes sense. I, I, yeah. <laughs> but let's say, in theory, that I am correct about the Anthony Miller thing. Because you mean I, that he will emerge as a wide receiver too? Yes, because I truly do believe that he will. I hope. Let's, I mean, I think that Anthony Miller's potential is way higher than Ted yeah. Ginn's. You know what you're getting out of Ted Ginn. He's a speedy guy, which also the Bears need. He can line up. They, they needed speed. That's why they drafted Darnell Mooney. So, so yeah, my, even if he's a wide receiver three, I think he could be good as a speed. But, yeah, go on. My only question is that the wide receiver three, I would still say there's still a bit of competition between Ginn, Wims, Ridley. I wouldn't say Mooney because the Bears tend to not really play young draft picks who are wide receivers. But all I'm going to say is that do you think that the wide receiver three position is an actual competition at all? Or do you think that it's going in that it is going to be, even if you believe it's Anthony Miller, that you believe it's either Miller or Ginn? Okay, yeah. So well, you were operating on the presumption that Miller was going to be the wide receiver too. Well, then you yeah. change it at the end there. Yes. But in my mind, I think of Ginn and Miller. I think of Ginn as better than Miller right now because of what I said. He's proven himself in the NFL, even if not on this Bears team. So with that ahead, you've got the young guys, basically, Anthony Miller, Riley Ridley, and Javon Wims. I love the potential that Javon Wims and Riley Ridley both show, but I have not seen enough of them in regular season to make a call on if they have a decent shot. I, okay, I will not say they definitely don't have a shot at taking at overtaking the wide receiver three position. I think that Anthony Miller is still way ahead of Riley Ridley and Javon Wims. And maybe that's just because Anthony Miller's had more of a chance on this offense. But right now, there's no way I can say, oh, Riley Ridley's better than Anthony Miller because I have not seen enough of him. But yeah, I do love the potential that Javon Wims and Riley Ridley exhibit, especially Javon Wims in preseason. Preseason is preseason, we all know. But he was still showing a great amount of potential. When he did play, he did have some dropping issues, though. So that's where I'll leave it. I'm, I'm not going to say anything about the wide receiver four position because they haven't shown enough for me to make a call yet. Yeah, and like what I'm saying is that what's interesting about the Bears' offense, and well, I think we'll get to it later, but the Bears' offense has a lot of speedy players. And I think that Ted Ginn's primary use is for his speed. 
I don't think that the Bears are trying to use him as a real receiver like a Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson. They're using him okay. for a speed. And I know this sounds well, a bit... Okay. Do you, would you say that the Bears used Taylor Gabriel for his speed? No, they used him as an all-around receiver whose strength was speed. Ted Ginn is used for his speed. Taylor okay. Gabriel is the wide receiver too. Again, he, I just don't... like. We've been over this, but what leads you... You, so you just think that Taylor Gabriel is a better receiver than Ted Ginn? Yes, he's a better cat. He's a better route running receiver. He's younger. He's he has he's a better catching receiver. And I just think that there is really Ted Ginn has in and what's it called? Taylor Gabriel's proven statistically in the past few years that he's been a lot more reliable than Ted Ginn. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I would rather have Ted Ginn on this roster than Taylor Gabriel for the fact that Ted Ginn money. Lost one or two million dollars while taylor gabriel costs seven or eight those six million dollars are a lot of money that could get you a really solid player and what i'm going back to what i'm saying is that i think ted ginn will be classified as a wide receiver three but i think especially in this bears offense they want a they want a wide receiver or any player that'll take the top off a defense i use that expression a lot and i'm not going to include darnell mooney in this because even though i do think he's a good receiver and he shows a lot of potential drafted College. I mean, the, the the wide receivers of the Bears have drafted late. Javon Williams and Radley Ridley haven't had an impact in exactly. their few years, so I don't see why Darnell Mooney would immediately have one. Exactly, and unless he's some incredible specimen of, because he's some crazy amazing player. I mean, I Tyree Hill wasn't he drafted like fifth round? Yeah, but it, so, but it's also the Chiefs, you know, two different teams. But you know, you never know. Yeah, I mean, unless this guy's amazing, but I'm assuming that he's a fifth round pick for a reason, and he might even be better than a fifth round pick, a third round pick. But Tyree Kill is one of the best players, if not the best player of that draft. I don't remember who exactly was in it, but you could, you could make a debate for him. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL, and I don't think that Darnell Mooney will ever be that. And I'm so I'm going to not include him in this, but the Bears don't want to have three speed receipt players. They don't want Tariq Cohen, Ted Ginn in the same play. They don't want Ted Ginn and Cordell Patterson in the same play. So Cordell they- Patterson is interesting, though. I We had the debate about Cordell Patterson. I think I've turned around a little bit because he's unique in that he's not like Tyreek Hill or other returners. He's a big guy, so he can yeah. be used in a variety of ways, honestly. And I look, you know, I, I was doing some research after, and I, he's not a terrible pass catcher. and so yeah, I agree with Cordero Patterson that he should be used more in the offense, but I don't, I don't think he fits in the category of just pure speed. Yeah, yeah, but also what I would like to say is that going back to what I was saying earlier, that that they don't want more than two speed receivers because what's the point? I mean, speed receivers. I get that Tariq Cohen isn't only speed, and they can still he's still a fine receiver and a fine route runner. But wouldn't you rather have Anthony Miller, who's a better receiver? And well, Tariq better- Cohen's a running back. We got to remember. <laughs> We can't yeah, he's, like he's, he's, he's still he's still a primary. I would say he's more often used in pass plays than in okay. Pro- okay. Well, here's an interesting question, actually. Yeah, I'll let you finish, and then I'll pose my interesting question. Okay. So the Bears are not going to want two speedy receivers, and it's not like the Bears are going to take Tariq Cohen out of their offense. Tariq Cohen is still going to be a big part, and you'll play a lot of snaps. So I do believe that there will be games where Javon Wims or Riley Ridley will get more snaps than Ted Ginn, even though Ted Ginn is classified as a wide receiver three. So you're just, just, yeah, just making sure I understand your point. You'd say that Ted Ginn is better than Riley Ridley or Javon Wims, but because the Bears don't want to have two of those speed receivers involved at the same time in the same game, 
yeah. there would be times when Javon Williams would get more of a significant role. Just Javon Williams, yeah. for example. Got because, it. Exactly. So the Bears, it's not like it's bad having Tariq Cohen and Ted Ginn in the same play. And there probably will be plays where that'll happen. But yeah, because the- I, I don't think Tariq Cohen or Ted, okay, Ted Ginn is just a speed receiver, or at least from with your logic, he's a speed receiver. I think he could be a little more. But Tariq Cohen is definitely not just a speedster. He's not just running fade routes. He's could be involved way more in this offense. Yeah, so I, I don't know if your logic about no, but wouldn't you the same. Rather, wouldn't you rather have Javon Wims or Riley? No, Ridley? if Javon Wims and Javon Riley really are bad, then I'll take two players that are maybe a little bit similar. The Packers put up like five of the same like tall wide receivers every time, and they do fine. No, I get it, but the difference is that a speed receiver is mostly used to open up the defense. And I get that you could still use them in different ways, but why try to... Right, okay, but again, it's not like Tariq Cohen... He's a better route runner. He's a better catching. He's a better receiver. He's better at catching. He's a better route runner than Tariq Cohen because he plays the wide receiver position. And if Ted Ginn was a great route runner and a great receiver, the Bears would have got him for $8 million, not $1 million. Not one million. Maybe they just got him cheap. I mean, Ha Clinton Dix is a pretty great player, player, and they got him for cheap. I get it, but it's not like he's also old. He's old. He's old. He's not. I'm not saying he's amazing, but I'm just saying Ted Ginn would have put up statistically thousand yard receipts. He would have got a thousand yards in multiple different seasons if he was actually a wide receiver who was a good route runner. Tariq Cohen, he proved that he's not just a speed player. But Javon Wims plays receiver, and he doesn't have that speed. Javon okay. Wims has still been able to produce. Therefore, he is a better route runner, which can be seen in the way he plays. And he's better at catching because Tariq Cohen drops a lot. And Ted Ginn, I don't know that much about Ted Ginn, but I know that um, Cordero Patterson may not, be the, may not be the worst receiver, but he drops a solid amount of passes. Not a ridiculous amount, but he's not the most reliable receiver. So I would still rather have Javon Wims in than two speedy receivers. Okay, so here's the question that I was talking about earlier. Where does Tariq Cohen fit in? Like, who will be involved more in this offense as a receiver? Will Tariq Cohen be like the wide receiver four, wide receiver three? Name a player, like name the two players that will be in between, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. will he he'll be involved less than, so since you think Anthony Miller will be the wide receiver two, for example, you say he'll be involved less than, Anthony Miller, but more than Ted Ginn or something like that. Where do you think Tariq Cohen fits? In the he'll be up less than Anthony Miller and more than Ted Ginn. Oh, look at that. Perfect. Not in, yeah. in there is not, not in the offense. I mean, because of course he's going to have a lot of uh, impact on the running game. I just mean in the receiving game, you still think yeah. that Tariq Cohen will have more of an impact. No, actually, if it's all of that, then I'd put him behind Ted Ginn. I would put him between Ted Ginn and either Riley Ridley or Javon Williams, whatever happens. Right. Yeah, I definitely think that Tariq Cohen will be involved more as a receiver than those I, guys, I, which also lowers like their – because, you know, then you could say that they're a wide receiver five on this team because you've also got Tariq Cohen. So that also just lowers the reasons why uh, Riley Ridley and Javon Williams could break out because they, they're so low on the depth chart, especially when you're considering Tariq Cohen. Yeah. So, I would say the reason that I have him uh, before, or I have him between Ted Ginn and the two receivers that I talked about earlier, is because I think that he may play a few more snaps than Ted Ginn, because 
I think that the Bears like to put him in on third downs and on plays that it's clearly a passing play. And the Bears like to use him in the sense that they like to they like to put him out as a receiver, but also Tariq Cohen is in more catching and more catching plays and receiving plays and passing plays than David Montgomery, which I think is a part that if David Montgomery, there's usually a running back in on passing plays. So I think that Tariq Cohen may play a few more snaps, but Ted Ginn is still the receiver. Ted Ginn will still have more of a role in the offense, I think, than Tariq Cohen. Right. And yeah, just I, because well, more of a role in the offense, or you mean passing game, right? In the passing game, yes. And like I was talking about earlier, you don't want two speed receivers in the same play. But the difference is, is that let's say you have Tariq Cohen going deep and Taylor Gabriel going deep. I think that kind of ruins the play. I think if you have them like crossing or doing something well, like that. Well, of course, Nagy has to scheme well for them. But I think if Nagy is smart about it, then he could definitely implement two of those similar players. Yeah. Because it's not fair to just classify them as merely speed receivers. I think that Tariq Cohen is way more than a speed receiver. I think Ted Ginn can do more than uh, just running fade routes, even though I think, yes, he is primarily a speed receiver and he is a little washed up, but still I have faith that Nagy will be able to involve in his creativity, involve Ginn more than just running fade routes every time. And now I, I hate to be like the devil's advocate, but why do you have faith in Nagy that he'll do that? What did Nagy do last year? He, he used Tariq Cohen in bad ways. Tariq Cohen had actually a solid amount of reception. Well, okay, Oren, if you think, do you think that Ted Ginn is specifically a, you think Ted Ginn is only a speed receiver, right? Not your devil's advocate, just you. No, I think that mostly is only a speed receiver. He's not. Well, I'm saying even if Nagy is making a bad judgment, then he could put in Ted Ginn running routes that he's not comfortable doing. But that wasn't the point I was making. I was just refuting the devil's advocate. But still, I like to be positive with Nagy because he did win coach of the year in 2018. So coach I like to year. think coach of the year means nothing. Coach of the year. Okay. Is okay. I understand coach of the year is dumb, but it has to, if your team goes 12 and four from going from being terrible last year, it means the coach must've done something. Well, the coach can't be terrible. And just looking with your own eyes, you could see how creative Nagy is in implementing uh, creative plays. Now in 2019, it did turn a little gimmicky as we discussed a little bit in the last episode it did turn gimmicky, but knowing how creative Nagy's mind is, I still have faith that he'll be able to implement Ted Ginn in other ways aside from just fade routes, even if maybe it could be gimmicky. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not talking about how effective this will all be. I'm just saying in terms of if Nagy will involve him. Well, I think that it's interesting, but I yeah. kind of have to disagree because I'm not sure that I think Nagy he proved in 2018 that he was a good coach, but 2019, he seemed like a different person. And I don't know which one we're getting, the 2018 or the well, 2019 one. I'm saying in both one in both years, Nagy tried to do weird things. Weird was the first word that came to my mind, just, you know, innovative or different play calls. In 2019, they were gimmicky, sometimes stupid. I, on the Chargers game, he called, they were at like the three-yard line, and he called uh, – passing play to only literally one wide receiver. That's just an example of a very stupid gimmicky play. I understand he did some dumb things in 2019. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not arguing the effectiveness. I'm just saying, knowing how creative. Okay. Can you agree with me that in both 2019 and 2018, Nagy was creative? Not saying that. Okay. So knowing that he's creative, I think that he will be able to implement Ted Ginn 
in a creative fashion, whether that is effective or not. Okay. Okay. So that was just the point I was making. Moving on now, you we discussed, we've debated Cordero Patterson for some time now. We, we've said, I think we've come to more of an agreement in that he could be effective in uh, a larger role in this offense. But do you actually expect him to have a larger role in this offense? And if so, let's just keep moving down with our depth chart here. Where do you put Cordero Patterson in the depth chart? All right. So I do expect him to have a bigger role in the depth chart. I hope he does, but I can't see it happening. The Bears, like I said earlier, Taylor Gabriel was the wide receiver too. And it felt like Cordero Patterson was one of the receivers that they had. They had, they had Cordero Patterson and Tariq Cohen who were used for their speed. And I wouldn't say speed only, but for mostly their speed. And while Taylor Gabriel, I felt like his speed was an added bonus. So when you look at those two players, there's only two players that he was really competing with. And I get that he, I think that he wasn't utilized enough in the offense. I think they should have utilized him more. I think Nagy knows that. But I think that now you add Ted Ginn into that. So that takes a lot of snaps away from him. Yet, I still think that they're going to end up having him play a bit more this year, not maybe play around the same a tiny bit more because Matt Nagy realizes how much of how much they're paying Cordell Patterson, how they're being not very smart, how and how they use Cordell Patterson. And I think that they're going to slowly realize that they need to use him more, but you can't have speed receivers. Like I said, in every single play, which takes away some, some snaps away from him. So I think that it goes one way that Nagy knows that he should play him more, but it goes the other way that you can't play them. Basically. I think I did. I was the one who posed the question here, but I, I kind of agree with what you were saying and that, I don't really know what Nagy will do. I'm not in his mind. How would I know, basically? But I 100% hope that he is involved in this offense more. I think he's much more than just a returner. A lot of returners you see in the NFL, they're purely speed. Even Devin Hester, he he wasn't very great as a receiver. He was an amazing returner, of course. But I think Cordero Patterson is a unique specimen and that he's not a small, speedy guy. He's actually quite large, especially for a returner. And because of that, he can be used in so many other ways that hopefully, if Nagy comes to his senses, he will get creative in a good way, in an effective way, by putting in Cordero Patterson. But again, I can't speak for Nagy. I'm not sure on this one. So I'm just going to leave it at hope. Okay, so... Now I want to ask the question of Allen Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that, first off, I want to say, the Bears are being so stupid, and the Bears are not re-signing. <laughs> like, incredibly idiotic. Like, I don't understand. I'm usually a biased Bears can fan. You, uh, can you explain to me Allen Robinson's contract deal right now? Sure. It's three years, $14 million. $42 okay. million. I think it's Wait, 40. how many years? Like, what year of the contract is he on? They could extend him this right. offseason. Allen Robinson is young. He's like 25, 26. He has stated he wants to be a bear for a long time. He loves the city. He wants to stay here. The Bears haven't had a good receiver like him in forever. I mean, I don't know about – they've had like Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall. Are you counting that as – Those players lasted for three or four years. Well, yeah, so uh, Allen Robinson could also last for three or four years. But I'm saying they have had – they have had receivers like him. Fine, but they can't la- They can't get. He has potential to be here for so long, 
and they can't just let that go. I think that they're being very idiotic, just letting it go. I mean, you can't just you you have a well, great what's team. the problem? Yeah, they can't extend him next season. He's just a uh, free agent, unrestricted. Yeah, but the thing is, I'm fairly confident the Bears will resign him, and the Bears not resign him, but the Bears will extend him. But yeah. I'm just what's taking so long because I have. I'm 99% how much, how much money do the Bears have in cap space right now? I'm not sure. It's not a lot. It's like $10 million. But think about it. They extend him. It doesn't go for this year. Because this year, he already has his contract. Okay, but what's, like a, what's a reasonable extension that you would, you would give that saves Just, money but also honors Allen Only two or three more million than last time. Because you can't really be paying a wide receiver, extending a receiver for that much money. Right. Like, 20 million, but also the Bears signed him for $14 million, not knowing if he would ever come back from his ACL injury. So okay. you have to respect the fact that not only has he produced more on the Bears, but he's proven that his ACL injury is far past him and it's not a priority. It's not a, something that he needs to worry about so much. So here's my take. Here's my take. From an honor and respect standpoint, yes, Allen Robinson deserves a raise, he deserves a contract extension. But from a money standpoint, and from when you're looking at Allen Robinson's character, I don't see Allen Robinson as a guy. Wasn't he? He was nominated for Man of the Year. He's yeah. not a big drama guy. He's not a big drama wide receiver. He doesn't seem like a guy who would throw a fuss when he's not getting paid a lot. Has he? Has he made any comments about not getting paid enough or something? Or no, like he, that? he made a comment that the Bears that the negotiations are going well. Okay, that, yeah, exactly. He's he's a nice, easygoing guy. Of course, he would rather have more money, but if he's not throwing a fit, from a business standpoint, it makes more sense to save that money for now, wait another season, and either when's the latest time when they can extend him? I'm not sure, but uh, Benjamin, just to rebut your point, yeah, players who usually take pay cuts are players who are going for Super Bowls at the end of their career. Oh, yeah. I'm not even talking about, like, pay cuts. I'm just saying... Like okay, Scotty Pippen. This yeah. is this is a whole different sport. A whole you know, I understand this might be a loose analogy, but of course, of course, Scotty Pippen was criminally underpaid. But yeah. from a business standpoint, I don't know if the Bulls would have been able to have as much success if they had not paid him that amount. So what I'm saying is, does Allen Robinson deserve a raise? Yes, but if he's not being annoying about it. They it would make sense if they addressed other needs and then extended him when he's like next year or something like that. But my only question to you is that why risk losing him? What's the point in saying we're well, going to win a bit? Right now, Allen Robinson had he had a one good season. After two good seasons, he becomes more of a part of the offense. That's when it would make sense to extend him. What if they give him all this money and then he just not very great? Or he still does have an injury problem. So what if they give him all this money and there aren't guaranteed contracts in the NFL, but still I think what do you think there'd be any guaranteed money if they extended him? Yes, of course. Yeah. So still the Bears, it makes sense from a business standpoint, again, as I keep saying, if the Bears were to not paying him, pay him as much money. I have to. <laughs> I rest my case because when you look at a player like Allen Robinson, who's so talented, 
he's going to make two or three million million dollars on the market because there are teams who say we have the money, we'll pay him more. And the Bears don't want to be in a situation where they're trying to bidding pay him war. even more. What? They don't want to get in a bidding war. Exactly. So not only why risk waiting a bit and prioritize, not prioritizing now and making him upset and making him think, oh, maybe I don't want to be in Chicago versus just re-signing him right now. Because right. why wait? I mean, I, I don't understand why. I laid a few uh, cautionary things. I, I wouldn't be upset if the Bears did re-sign him. I'm just trying to defend the Bears for what they're doing. I think there is a reason. And again, good guys, like nice guys shouldn't finish last. But in this scenario, you know, Allen Robinson is showing contentness. It would make sense to wait. That's yeah. just what I'm saying. But again, if they re-sign him, great. Good for Allen Robinson. He deserved it. That is all. Yeah, I agree. I, and I don't think that, especially for like Allen Robinson, I don't think we should be so upset about him resigning. But that's a discussion for another day. So just okay, going, through play, going through his play, the mm-hmm. play of Allen Robinson, when you see Bears offense succeeding, you realize that it, the ball doesn't usually go to one player. And the Bears offense doesn't do very well when it goes to one player. So do you well, think okay, that this- is it generally like in general when Bears offenses succeed, is the ball spread around or is it just more of a Matt Nagy offense thing? It doesn't matter how Bears offenses generally go. It matters how Well, I'm just saying you said when you see Bears offenses, so that's why I was just wondering. I mean like the offense like twenty eighteen, the ball is spread around a lot and the Bears Yeah, offense- exactly. I'm saying under Matt Nagy, I hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. So do you think that there's still a possibility because Allen Robinson proved that he is a wide receiver one and should be getting a lot better stats. So do you think there's a possibility that Allen Robinson will be able to do well and the Bears will still statistically well and the Bears will still be able to succeed offensively? Who you fra- I, th- I thought I was going to get an easy answer there, but you phrased it in a pretty good way because what I would have said, you know, there are a lot of reasons why Allen Robinson could decline. I, I mentioned this maybe in the quarterback episode, just about, you know, he had chemistry with Trubisky. Trubisky, when he's under pressure, he'll just scramble. Like, you can tell that Trubisky sees him as the wide receiver one clearly. Nick Foles, it might be a different situation. He still could be the clear wide receiver one, but they don't have that type of chemistry. So one possibility where the Bears do well and Robinson does well is if the if this Trubisky actually succeeds. If he starts and succeeds, because they do have that chemistry. Now, I think the best route to take for this offense to succeed is spreading the ball around. As much as I love Allen Robinson, if he's putting up, if he's having good production, I don't think this Bears offense isn't meant to have one star player, as you were saying. This Bears offense thrives when there's a variety of players Cordero Patterson, Tariq Cohen, Ted Ginn, et cetera, that you can throw in and confuse defenses. That's how it operated in 2018, and the it didn't operate like that as much in 2019. And I'm not sure if that is if that is directly correlated to Allen Robinson's increase in production. Like I hope that the Bears will be able to succeed with Allen Robinson also succeeding, but of course I would rather have general Bears success than merely Allen Robinson's success. So I think that there is a situation where Allen Robinson does well with 
with the Bears offense doing well, but I just can't see that being the most reasonable. Yeah, it's definitely not the most likely. There, I mean, of course, there's a situation where everything happens, but most likely, again, I think the Bears could succeed most with Foles, so that's a reason why Robinson wouldn't be involved as much. And if they're reverting back to 2018, what they did in 2018, then that's another reason why Robinson wouldn't be involved as much or put up the same numbers as he did in 2019. So it's less likely for sure. Yeah. And like you said, I believe I agree with you that it's less likely. And I think that the only situation would be is if the Bears offense strived on running the ball and play action. And I think that would be the only way that the Bears offense were to be able to do well with Allen Robinson. But I think that that's not what's going to happen. Even if that does happen, I'm not, it's not even most reasonable thing. If the Bears offense starts doing really well running the ball and going off play action, it's not like Allen Robinson is going to be the only target. Yeah. There's other targets. But what I have to say is that I think that Anthony, that Allen Robinson has proven to the NFL that he's a big receiver and that people can't take him lightly. And I think that statistically he might drop off next year, but that doesn't mean his play is getting worse. And that doesn't mean his impact on the team is getting worse. Yeah, exactly. He can be playing the same, but just because of the way Nike wants to involve the offense, the, his statistics could look different. Yeah. All right, so one final question, unless you've got anything else to say. Well, um, I actually have one really quick question to ask. Yeah, sure. Go about Anthony Miller. Go do, you, do you trust Anthony Miller? Just do you trust him? Do you have faith putting him at the wide receiver too and having a backup of Ted Ginn? I'm going to interpret that the way I want to. Do do I trust Anthony Miller? I'm going to say no for now. There are a lot of positives I've seen out of Anthony Miller, but there are also a lot of negatives. And with the addition of Ted Ginn, I am not 100% sure that Anthony Miller will improve this year or improve significantly as much as you would think. At least when I say no, I trust him a lot less than you do, or I would assume you do. But why? why I think you- that Ted Ginn has a legitimate shot at getting the wide receiver two position. And you did say Anthony Miller had better production when Taylor Gabriel is out, but that's expected. Even if a bad wide receiver steps up, they're just going to be get- receiving more targets. So it makes sense that they'll be playing better or that they'll put up better numbers. But still, Anthony Miller did have a lot of drops. So those drops need to stop for me to fully trust Anthony Miller. Now, I have to disagree with you for different reasons. First of all, Anthony Miller playing well, I mean, I get that it's expected, but he statistically, if he kept that going, I'm not saying he would have kept that going. He would have been on power or even better than Allen Robinson. And that's very hard to do considering that Allen Robinson was on the team. Anthony Miller was the wide receiver too and putting up great wide receiver one numbers. So having that said, I think that I have confidence in him for different reasons, but I think one of the biggest reasons is that he proved himself last year that he has potential. He proved that he can be good. Now I a thousand percent trust him. No, I don't. Because there are plenty of problems. He could be considered a hothead. He can be he can be a bit injury prone. 
He can drop balls. He can be inconsistent. But my only thing is that he proved that if he is put in a position, that he can strive. Yeah. I would say just one additional thing, and then we can move on, unless you want to refute what I'm going to say. You talk about proving yourself. I've said this a few times. That's another reason why I trust Anthony, or sorry, I trust Ted Ginn more than Anthony Miller. Fine, Anthony Miller so showed some potential as a bear. And I'm not saying, of course, I would love for Anthony Miller to break out, but Ted Ginn, I know exactly what I'm getting out of Ted Ginn. I know exactly the production I'm going to receive. I, or at least I think I do. I know he can't dip beyond a certain point. Anthony Miller can 100% dip to a certain point, whether that's because of his shoulder injury, whether that's because of its consistent drops, or whether that's because Nagy just likes Ted Ginn more than him and he's just not involved enough. So I just have more faith that Ted Ginn will play better, and that's why I, I haven't seen enough out of Anthony Miller for me to fully trust him. So, again, I disagree, but I'm going to respect your opinions right now. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So the okay. final question. We talked about reviewing the Bears wide receivers last year. Yeah. What are your feelings going into 2020? Are you confident? Are you feeling sad? Do you feel good about the players they drafted? Just general feelings. What do you think will happen with the Bears 2020 wide receivers? The word I'm not going to use is confidence because I – I mean, think about it this way. Your wide receiver three is a 35-year-old person who is yeah. – 35-year-old who is known for speed. Your wide receiver two is a hothead who had five good games last year. And your wide receiver one is someone who's proven to be good, but you can't have only one wide receiver. Your wide receiver four is someone who bear the Javon Wims who played, played pretty well for some games, but other games he kept dropping it. Riley Ridley has 68 career yards. Cordero Patterson is barely used at all. So the word I'm going to use is not confidence. But I think the word I'm going to use is potential. And I get you can't feel potential. It's not a feeling that you have. But when I, I, see receivers, I see potential, I see the Bears. Obviously, Ted Ginn is not a player I see potential in because Ted Ginn's 30, 36 years old. I use the word potential more as something of players who can develop into a better receiver. Anthony Miller, I see huge potential. Allen Robinson, I see even more potential than what he has now. I see him becoming an elite receiver, elite receiver. He's 26. People forget that. He's still really young. Anthony Miller is only a year or two older than him. It's crazy. You mean younger? Younger, yeah. That's what I mean. And what's it called? Ted Ginn could be used well in this offense. So I think that even though there are reasons for me to be cautious, I still feel like this Bears wide receivers, if used correctly – can be very dangerous and explosive. And that's what I like to call potential because I don't know if it's going to happen. Like, I don't know if Anthony Miller is going to be great. I don't know if someone's going to be great, but I think that they, if put in the right position, have the potential to be explosive. And that is, and them being explosive is what gives me confidence. So I think they have the potential to give me confidence. (laughs) Got it. I'm going to stick with your one word thing. I agree. Anthony Miller has potential. Aside from that, there aren't many wide receivers. There aren't any, I'd say, wide receivers that I'd point to as having major potential to have an actual role on this Bears offense. Javon Wims, Riley Ridley, 
uh, the guy that they drafted this year that I'm blanking on his name, uh, Darnell Mooney. There you go. Great guys. Good wide receivers a few years down the road. But I don't legitimately expect them to have a real role in the offense this year. So I don't see any potential in them this year. As for Anthony Miller, yes, he does have a lot of potential. The main word I'd use to describe is unimportant. (laughs) Unimportant. Interesting. I think if the Bears are to succeed, if the Bears succeed, no one's going to be talking. No one. It's not going to be because of the wide receiver group. If the wide receiver group does their job, they do well, they still won't be the focal point of this offense. They still won't be the focal point of the Bears. If the Bears are to succeed, it will be because of Trubisky. It could be because of Montgomery. I see a lot of potential in Montgomery. But the Bears have never been a passing team, especially now, even with Nick Foles. They're not going to be like a primarily passing team. So even if the Bears wide receivers do their job in then they have good production, they will not be the focal point of this offense. And that's why I say unimportant. Got it. So even if you think that they play really well or play terrible, they won't be the focal point of this offense because you think that this, my only question is that do it, it sounds like your confidence that the bears will start running the ball more because the bears are passing it, then the wide receivers are going to be become, become a focal point of this offense. Because when you're passing the ball, wide receivers become focal points. No, I'm not saying Trubisky or Foles will be putting putting up amazing numbers. I'm just saying they also do their job. They probably okay. The quarterback loves to get the talk of the media, so they might be the focal point in the media's standpoint, but they wouldn't be what's leading this offense. They would just be doing their job like Trubisky in 2018. He made the Pro Bowl. He put up good numbers, but he wasn't elite. Elite. Yeah, he wasn't elite. So for that reason, if the Bears' offense is to succeed, still the quarterback, and because of that, the wide receivers won't be uh, the focal point. And with that, I think that will do it. Thank you for watching the 10th episode of From the Den. And bear down. Bear down, everyone. And... Goodbye. If you enjoyed this episode of From the Den, please remember to comment or leave a review depending on your listening platform. Or if you're a Packers fan, remember to write some nasty reviews and comments. Thanks for listening and bear down.